Welcome to Doctor Who on the Rocks, a podcast where we drink whiskey, discuss the longest running show in science fiction, and arbitrarily assign points to find out who really is the best doctor. I'm Diana, and I've seen it all. And I'm Jen. I've seen nothing. week is the arc but first uh, let's grab that holy water and let's drink the whiskey of the week <laughs> yes that holy water <laughs> so this week we are drinking balcones rye yeah it definitely smells like a rye it does doesn't it i literally just moved the glass away from me and I that waft just of just wonderful of just nose hairs dying nose hairs dying like yeah. my esophagus will in a second isn't it yeah it's gonna punch me in the gut yeah it is I look I, it's, we've we've gone one full season with no rise yeah I mean yeah you've given me a break so it's time to we gotta pepper. Put on my big girl panties. Yeah, we gotta we gotta pepper them in every <laughs> once in a while, because I love them. You know what? <clears throat> Without further ado, let's just, let's just and see. it's balcones. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get a little honey, like mm-hmm. scent mm-hmm. from it. Are there are, are there any notes of honey in this? Maybe, probably. I'm getting a little better, guys. <laughs> Maybe if if it if there's honey in here, I am getting. Oh, I haven't tried it yet. Oh, try it. I'm delaying on purpose. No, 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 no. Try it, try it, try it. Ooh, right. That is a very interesting sip. Mm-hmm. It's smoky. Mm-hmm. I thought so too. It was because I kind of I. I was on bad form, guys, and I drank early. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck it. Yeah. But when you were talking about the honey is when I sipped it, and it was such a smoky honey flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't smell it, but I could definitely taste it. Yeah. Yeah. The smokiness smell isn't there, but definitely the feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it didn't murder my esophagus. Yeah, but I didn't. it didn't feel like it was murdering my esophagus, and I think it has to do with the smokiness yeah mm-hmm. potential yeah the yeah god this this is good this is yummy mm-hmm. i anticipate i kind of expect anything that we're going to get from a company like balcones to that's that's so well established mm-hmm. to be good mm-hmm. yeah you know it should be good yeah i like this me too i really like this yeah it's really pretty it's i I have absolutely nothing negative to say. What's the price it. point on this for our listeners? I want to say the other Balcones was like in the 40 50 range, maybe? Uh, which one are you referring to? The one in the red one? Uh, the pot still, because we've also done the peat. Mm-hmm. Mm. The pot still, I do think, is like 45 So this is the regular rye whiskey. They do also do a cask strength rye, mm-hmm. which if you're real nice... We'll I mean, let's. While. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I really want to get more into the. I have a big list of everything that we can try from Balcones. Mm-hmm. And it is legitimately like a whole season's worth of stuff. Yum. But they also do things like uh, they have a rum and they do something called rumble, which is not technically whiskey because it actually uses honey. So that one might be interesting to try at some point, even though it's not technically a whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's still a kind of an iconic serving from Balcones. Got it. Okay. So what kind of score do you give it? Dare I say? Ooh. Dare I say? Ooh. I would give it a nine. Wow. Wow. It's just such an interesting sip. It is. It reminds me a little bit of mezcal. In, in the in the in the smokiness mm, sense, mm. you know, and, and just like when you have mezcal, it's just such like a rich, 
full flavor in your mouth, you know? Yeah. And this, and that's what I get from this. And I fucking love mezcal. So I'm just like, this is very, I can, I can do this. Mm. I can do this. It definitely tastes like campfire. Yes. Yes. Like this is a, like a winter mm-hmm. whiskey. I want to be in my flannel and my mm-hmm. beanie mm-hmm. and my boots. Yep. In front of the fire. And yeah. Literally like camping. Like this yeah. is, I, we need to remember the, this when we go do our camping trip out West. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, this is, this is amazing. What are you going to give it? <sighs> I, I'm tempted by that nine because it is super good. Yeah, I think it's going to be a nine for me too. Uh, it's just, it's yummy. Mm-hmm. It's it's yummy. It, it, I don't think we run into too many. I think we have we get a lot of really good whiskeys for. Yeah, we've just been getting a lot of whiskeys, I think, in the past couple seasons where I'm not feeling terribly inspired by the the flavor mm-hmm. element we've of it. We've got some pretty shitty ones. Yeah. Um, or that were just, you know, they were good, but nothing... Nothing surprising, nothing this, special. Yeah, and I like this one. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right, so uh, nines all around. Ha-ha. That was an easy one. Yeah. Because it was just young. Good job, Balcones. Good job, Balcones. I'm not surprised. No, I mean, they're they're established, but I'm you're doing something right, you I'm know? I'm surprised you gave it a nine, but... <sighs> I'm shocked myself. Yeah. Um, but let's get into Doctor Who. Let's do it! Yeah. This week, we're discussing the arc. It ran from March 5th to March 26th of 1966, baby. Mm -hmm. So there are some things that happened during the run. March 4th, which is just ahead of the release of this first episode, but it's such a great fact that I had to include it. Mm -hmm. John Lennon says, we, as in the Beatles, are more popular than Jesus, which is honestly such a flex. But it's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not, no, he's not wrong. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Beatles quotes. More popular than Jesus. He's right. My, my mom is a Beatles fan, and yeah. she would tell me, like, yeah, women would throw bras at them yeah. on stage. And I was like, okay. I'm a massive Beatles fan. I love him so much. As a downer, Vietnam is continually horrific and violent. Uh, the U.S. has been practicing steady nuclear tests in Nevada for a while now. Great. Small little nukes just dropping in the desert. It's no big deal. No big deal. Radiation poisoning is not a thing. We don't feel it's fine. It. March 16th, <laughs> March 16th, Gemini 6 with future iconic human Neil Armstrong uh, went out into space where two spacecrafts docked to each other in space for the first time. Hmm. So scientific advancement. Mm-hmm. This is really when we're getting into the height of the space race and all that's going to be really popping off soon. Well, already. Everyone's trying to be the first country to do this right now. March 16th, Scott Paper, I think is in like Scott, pa- like toilet paper, you know, in paper towels. You know the company I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. They began selling paper dresses for a dollar each, which was a huge fad in the 60s. I mean, now those fucking awful costumes make sense on this episode, which we'll get to. Right. But like full on paper dresses. Like they could, if you can't get them wet. Like what happens when you get your period? You don't wear them then. Like, what if, what if it just came? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody is designing clothes for women in the 60s. Well, the, just, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's an ad that just took off. And I've heard my mom talk about it. Hmm. Uh, she would have been probably too young for paper dresses, but she remembers seeing like people the, in them. Kind of that whole idea that I was just too young to really have Adelia's catalog, but like, boy, do I know Adelia's is. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Paper dresses. Paper dresses. Hmm. Glad that hasn't made a comeback. Uh, March 26th, large-scale Vietnam protests take place in major cities across the U.S. So we're starting to really get into uh, the protest movement in the U.S. for uh, the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not all Americans are shitty. You know. Yeah. Now, this story was written by Paul Erickson and Leslie Scott and directed by Michael Emerson. Emerson? Emerson? Emerson. We're going to say Emerson. Paul Erickson's Wikipedia page says very kindly that he basically had a mediocre career as a scriptwriter at the BBC. 
Wow. It was it was the kindest Wikipedia article I've ever seen for somebody that really did it. He had really a job, he was a person, and it was everything, but very clear to the Wikipedia articles. Like, I don't know if this guy is so interesting to have a Wikipedia article. <laughs> um, not that impressive, but yeah, uh, like he did some stuff, go. but yeah. <laughs> Leslie Scott was his wife at the time. Mm-hmm. So and she did get she did technically get a writing credit, but everything I have found afterwards has been adamant that she did absolutely nothing, and nobody's really sure why she got the writing credit. Maybe it was a homeboy's way of making up for something that he did. Maybe, or maybe he, she did actually something, and everybody was like, "No, the wife didn't do anything." Yeah, the wife, the wife, right? You know? mm-hmm. Which happened a lot, especially with writers during this era because you can even look at it in Hollywood where this would happen mm-hmm. where wives wouldn't get script writing credits because they were married to the writer but they actually had a huge part mm-hmm. in the writing process mm-hmm. you can even look at things like Zelda Fitzgerald and F. Scott mm-hmm. she Got probably it. provided not probably he lifted huge chunks of all of his writings from her diaries hmm. just men doing trash things yeah so who knows <laughs> I'm sure she's a lovely person Um, Now, apparently, Emerson, our director, had been directing for the BBC for a while, and like minutes before the last episode started filming, he was told that his contract was being severed. Damn. So he wasn't in like the best mood while he was recording that one, and honestly, his time at the BBC, he considered having to direct Doctor Who kind of a downgrade in jobs anyway. And so then to be let go on just not a great situation for Michael Emerson. Right, right. Uh, But to be even less fair to Michael Emerson, everything else I read about him was insanely dull. But he was married to a badass lady. She was a dame for her contributions as a science educator. Hmm. So she was cool. He was not. He was kind of weird. Just another example of mediocre men. Yeah. <laughs> today's, Attaching themselves to today's badass theme, women. Today's theme, <laughs> mediocre men. Now, we do have John Wiles as our uh, producer still. He was the one that wrote Vicky out. You know, mm-hmm. they, it's the only one that ever got a enemy, a bad guy score. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Um, this is his last story. Mm, okay. He has done the Myth Makers, Dalek's Master Plan, the Massacre, and then this one. This The arc is actually based off an idea he first pitched about a spaceship so large you needed transport to get around it. Interesting. And it grew into this. Oh, okay. And we'll get more into his departure, I think, in the next episode. Okay. Because it has more to do with why he left. Mm. Uh, surrounding the next episode. Insert, am I the drama? <laughs> am I the drama? <laughs> Do that Love. as an Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, what a lackluster team this week. Yeah. Uh, now, within the cast, we have Roy Skelton. He's a voice actor that bops around Doctor Who from time to time, so we will see him again. Michael Sherd, who played Rose... Do I know who that was? No, I don't. No. But he played Admiral Ozo in Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. He's the admiral that Darth Vader force chokes. Oh, okay. Uh, which this scene is apparently George Lucas's favorite death scene in like all of film, which huh. you should pick you one of your own scenes. You know, That's the right move. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to show back in Doctor Who quite a bit. He's going to be one of those faces that comes back quite often. Okay. Terrence Baylor, who plays Yendam, who... He actually worked a lot with Monty, Py- with Monty Python and Terry Gilliam, who went to Oxy. Hey, hey. What up? But most importantly, he played the Bloody Baron in that one scene in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh. Where he goes, rah, and swipes yeah. through the table in a characteristic that is very unlike the Bloody Baron in the books. Yeah. Um, but that was him. Interesting. Yeah. Good job, Terrence Baylor. Huh. Okay, so um, what are your first impressions? Wow, they spent a lot of money on the fucking tin thing (laughs) and then on the costumes. Wow, they blew that budget. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the one thing I I really commented the the most about was just the really horrific costumes, which weren't really costumes. It was just underwear and paper. Oh, wow. 
Wow, wow, wow. Like, they were in nothing. <laughs> Literally like, oh, okay. So you just told them to show up in their underwear to work today. Like, that's it. Um, Also, the monoids, just like... The monoids? The monoids, yeah. They, uh, they look like white boy dreadlocks. Oh, just everything about the monoids. <laughs> look, hold on. Here's, here's my question. What is your impression of... Of how they did the monoid eye. Like that. It's just like, it's, they really just, it's not flattering for anyone. No, it's not. They were holding ping pong balls in their mouths. Yeah, they definitely blew it. The budget. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this, yeah, no. (laughs) I really, I really did enjoy watching the um, mouth slash eye acting Mm. of the monoids Mm -hmm. through the show. Through the show. Because I just can't imagine holding your mouth like that is going to be very easy on those muscles anyway. Yeah, no, totally. And the other part was just, you know, this is essentially like an exercise in American politics. <laughs> Ooh, you're not kidding. <laughs> I really was like, okay, this is this is hitting a lot clo- close to home. I mean, I feel like the this one and the next one we're gonna discuss definitely. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of common themes. And mm-hmm. again, you know, Stephen gets the short end of the stick, so we're happy. Sure. Uh, <laughs> this episode marks for me. Where I stopped watching Classic Who when I asked if you wanted to do, if when we first discussed doing this show. Mm, okay. So from here on out, this episode forward, this, the last time I watched this was eight years ago. Got it. And that's the only time I've watched these. Um, so I don't quite have the same, and it was bin- heavily binged. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not necessarily going to have as much of like a strong memory for some mm. of these because I haven't mm-hmm. watched them as recently. But I really liked this episode mm-hmm. like a lot. I thought it was very interesting. It was very uncomfortable, and but I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it was going to make for, you know, a good podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So would you like to hear my brief synopsis? Yes. Hit it. In this week's episode, our intrepid new TARDIS gang – what the heck is Dodo wearing? In addition to deciding to wearing a stupid outfit, she also brings a potentially deadly, highly contagious, um, too real to humans as they are escaping with the vestiges of humanity from an earth that's being swallowed by the sun. Hmm. We have a full episode full of complicated feelings because we live in the aftertimes. After a strong mid-story cliffhanger, we find a whole new set of problems as the TARDIS takes the gang 700-ish years in the future and drops them in the middle of a race war. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Yeah. So we have COVID. And race wars. And race wars. You know, doesn't 2020 anyone? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, I wonder how much different this story would have felt if we were doing something like this project in 2018. Yeah, we, I know that I would just be like, my, re, my point of reference to this plague would be just like, you know, when the English came over and brought a right. bunch of fucking diseases, you know? Yeah. But now it's like, oh. It was, <laughs> I was, I remember saying at the beginning of the plague that uh, regarding people making decisions, uh, that affected me and my life, that it was very obvious that none of this, them had ever read or watched any science fiction. Because look how early we've gotten mm-hmm. plague. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And this kind of shit happens. All It's a very common trope throughout. You're going to get it in any science fiction story at some point mm-hmm. is some strange disease because that's easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little too close to home. Oh, uh, it was very close <laughs> to home. That episode was really intense. Yep. But that being said, let's get into TARDIS points. All right. All right, all right. Hey, Jen. Yes. What's TARDIS mean? The actual thing? Whichever one. Uh, time and space relative dimension. Yes, but out of order. So time and relative dimension <laughs> in space. There we go. <laughs> the words are there. Next week, we'll, well, well next maybe, two yeah. weeks, maybe we'll yeah. get it. 
Uh, for us, we're going to talk about terrifically arbitrary rankings determined with intoxicated seriousness. So serious. How's that whiskey treating you? You know, I have a burning in my tummy. Yeah, yeah. It's nice and warm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's like we're actually making caramel down there. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. All right, so let's talk about the doctor. Mm-hmm. How'd you, how'd, how'd you feel about the doctor this episode? Um, I mean, he de- his age definitely showed up here mm. with um, him getting on Dodo about being very casual with oh, her, her English. English. <laughs> so that, that was kind of funny to me because it was very much like, I felt almost like the doctor was so annoyed with Dodo and Steven the entire time until the very end. Yeah. Where it's like, y'all can't fuck with them. I'm going to fuck with them. But y'all can't fuck with them. Right. So the doctor, to me, was just... The parts that stood out, I'm like looking back through my notes, and I really don't have too much on him. Yeah, I don't either. You know, all I have is is him being snarky with Dodo, talking about her English, and him being super chummy with the uh, with the monoids. Monoids? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm saying like Kylie Minogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Minoids? Monoids. <laughs> and, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Uh, English is very, my second language. <laughs> very share and clueless. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I really don't have too much except, you know, he's a germaphobe and being testy about, with her. Like, not nothing extraordinary yeah he was very just he was the doctor i think this was more about establishing dodo anyway yeah for sure and he really did come for dodo's language skills he really did which i found interesting as did some of the books that i read because the doctor is a galactic traveler Mm -hmm. and sure we've got everyone like getting translated or whatever to but he has run into already. He's never made fun of the Daleks for their English. I mean, they would also fucking murk him. Well, sure, sure, <laughs> but he's not. He's never commented on anybody's English. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Dodo comes in speaking English. Yeah. And he's got a problem with her English. He reminded me a lot of when I used to troll Trump supporters on Instagram, <laughs> because. Especially like the ones of color, <laughs> because it's like this is very elitist of me to say, but I was like, well, if you're gonna fucking be on America's ass, then you should at least assimilate and learn proper English before you come for everyone else. I mean, that's what that's what the dude thinks. So <laughs> fall in line, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was just. Like him being an asshole in that mm-hmm. moment, I was like, I've definitely been that asshole before, so I get it. Sure. <laughs> I connected. <laughs> you had you had you had a moment of connection. I with had a moment of connection. Sure. Yeah, I thought it was kind of just like a low joke. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. especially because that's not been a part of his character before, is right. having an issue with people's he's not been that kind of posh, snotty mm-hmm. academic British dude. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just been a little potty, a little crazy, but never that kind of, I'm going to come for your English, like your language skills. picky. Right. Maybe your um, ability to process and think, but not your language skills. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This felt- Like a different kind of punch to me. I don't know. Yeah. And I think what it also did is just establish Dodo sort of at the bottom of the totem pole in terms of youth. Yeah. Um. She's the she feels most kid like to me out of all yes. our companions so far. Yes, definitely. I buy that she's a kid. Yeah, and like not Which even again, Susan got her, this shit. Like yeah, again, like she's a kid. Don't come mm-hmm. for her language skills. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I totally agree. So I mean, the doctor was, I, I, I like now that I'm thinking more about it, he was definitely it was definitely just establishing Dodo mm-hmm. as a character and juxtaposing mm-hmm. their intelligence, I guess. Yeah. Um. I did like in a moment that I did like from the doctor from this episode. I don't remember exactly. It was early episode one, but 
he uh, fuck it. Fine. He finally addressed the fact that Dodo was wearing a weird ass outfit. Mm-hmm. He turned around <laughs> and he looked at her and he's like, "What the fuck are you wearing? Where did you get that? Do, do I even have that? Like, where? What right. is this? This is not dress up. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck, Dodo? And then she says something about going potentially going home or are we trying to get somebody home? And the doctor said, I couldn't send you home even if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And we've really come a long way from him getting pissed off that you would even imply he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. Now he's like, eh, we just, we do, we do what the machine, we, you know, we do what the TARDIS it's does. It's fine. We just, we just open the doors and explore. That's fine. I don't know what I'm doing. I, so I really like that because I think that's entering a, um, a phase of letting the doctor be more playful. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's not quite, he doesn't quite have such a big stick up his butt. Yeah. Yeah. And I did not write anything about him after episode two. Yeah. I, Yep. I think the plague is the last time yeah. I talk about him. He just wasn't very useful. Like he didn't, he, no. he, it wasn't really about him in the last two episodes. It was really about the monoids and the humans and our gaseous refusions. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels like a slow goodbye to the doctor. Mm. I mean, with what, like him almost being murdered the last mm. episode. Well, like, you know, we saw him die, yeah, right? Like the, the fake out. The fake out, right? That plus this episode where he's not really doing too much. Yeah. It's more centered around Dodo and Steven. Mm-hmm. And then at the end where he disappears. He's, yeah. He's gone, right? He's gone, yeah. So it, it's, 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 I, I really feel like this is like the writer's gradual goodbye so each episode i'm kind of anxious about it just because i'm like how how are they gonna we know they say they've said goodbye to several doctors over the years so i'm I'm curious how they phase them out and Uh, introduce new ones like how all of a sudden am i gonna see something someone that's not william hartnell as the doctor you know like how how has he not stuck, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super interested in, in just, you know, seeing how everything moves forward. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it's definitely like the slow clap. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you can definitely. It's some you can feel in the air. There's a lot of shit going on. And, yeah, it's going to be interesting to. I, I, this part of the journey um, I am excited about mm-hmm. when – changes it's kind of like i get excited when we're seeing a shift in companions Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. because i'm always interested to see what your take on everything is going to be so i'm excited i'm real excited (laughs) it may be close it may be far who knows i know it feels close it could be but it might not be yeah we'll see who knows (laughs) Uh, what i do know is that next we're going to talk well we're going to score we're going to score the doctor (laughs) Um, I would say a five, just neutral five. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I can't go lower than five. Five is like a good score. Cause it's not like he didn't do anything. He was a solid presence. He helped move the plot forward. He wasn't just a plug and play kind of character, but he also like kind of was. Mm-hmm. And ceased being useful after a certain time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i didn't like him coming for dodo's english yeah so he was not good he wasn't bad he was just middle of the road you know yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so let's talk about your bff steven <laughs> you know he had some moments he definitely felt a lot more big brotherish with dodo around uh yeah um more like protective in, in a sense um but you know, still the butt of the joke, still the yeah. damsel in distress, you know. I just can't catch a fucking break. No, no. But now I'm starting to think, was this the writer's way of doing it on purpose? Like playing on the idea of masculinity? It's gotta be. Because it, it's every single episode. It's so heavy handed. Yeah. It, yeah. Like it's almost like this is this was the intent. Yeah. And maybe the writers were at that point starting to bend with gender bend mm. with you know stereotypes who knows who, yeah i don't know but 
The one part that I did like about Steven was he's always been kind of the moral compass, I felt. And his little monologue in the cell where he's basically like dying yeah of the cold yeah of the cold but also telling them like you can't fear the unknown just dropping facts yeah they need to like cut that out and then at the bottom be like hashtag get your vaccine right right hashtag get vaccinated which yeah it's uh it's yeah it's i didn't i didn't hate him this episode that much i felt like out of He's starting to grow on me a little bit. I think he's still pretty dull. Mm -hmm. But I do think that he's... I was impressed by the cell scene. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily love the Big Brother vibes because it felt like it wasn't going to ever give Dodo the space to be anything other than this hugely juvenilistic character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that. And even there was one point where... It was weird because it, they kind of kept doing stuff where I felt like it was setting up a romantic shot with Dodo and Steven, mm-hmm. where they would be close together and then all of a sudden Dodo would cough or it would be a, uh, she would do generally do something that was not girly and mm-hmm. so it would like ruin the shot. Mm-hmm. Just like a couple of times, especially in the beginning. Also, how old are they supposed to be? I think Steven's supposed to be like 24 and she's supposed to be like 16. Oh, you know, just some uh, casual. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh, <laughs> casual predatory behavior. It's totally fine. The whole point being if it's, <laughs> no, if it it's like a, you know. It, it's big enough that like it shouldn't exist, but in the 60s perception was different on yeah, age range. Of course. Um, but still not comfortable. Yeah. Ugh. But there was some other point where he said, you'll have to watch her. She'll have the whole thing down in a minute. And even she had the great, like, to look over and go, bitch, what are you talking about? We've known each other for 12 hours. You don't know that I'll have this whole thing down. You know, shit. How rude. <laughs> Fuck off. And so, and so I did appreciate that she at least, they at least gave her the space to look indignant. Mm-hmm. But it makes me nervous that we're going to have this kind of dynamic which I don't know you know mm-hmm. Steven's not that cool to be the cool big brother yeah so I don't really want Dodo coming in with this like punky badass kid attitude mm-hmm. and be you know the little sister to, Ste- to Steven mm-hmm. to Steven mm-hmm. 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 and then he got taken hostage again yeah and got taken to the prison kitchen <laughs> What did I write about that? It looked like a... With with knives? It, it did strike me a lot. The like the kitchen. fact that they went to the kitchen. The kitchen. The ki- yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, with not like... That's it. Th- with knives? Mm-hmm. With knives. And y'all are going to complain that you haven't been able to take back over the monoids right. that very clearly do not have their shit together. Right. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. 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 I don't want to help... A whole bunch of people that are idiots this is not the space museum those right. guys were already mounting their own like soft rebellion they were doing shit these guys were like we, we can't do shit cutting the carrots with their big ass <laughs> knives going if only we had a way to fight back oh god if only <laughs> we had weapons <laughs> Besides the one that I'm using right now to cook. You have so many in the kitchen. Are you kidding? Literally. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Like boiling water, anything. Yeah. Literally, they're like leaves. Just set them on fire. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand. Yeah. No, they they were dumb. Everybody was dumb. Everybody everybody was dumb. Mm -hmm. There was not a lot of intelligence happening Mm -hmm. anywhere in this. The Mm -hmm. monoids were dumb. The humans were dumb. Steven's dumb. Dodo's dumb. And it's just dragging the doctor down. Yeah. I can do that. So, yeah. Steven's Steven's dumb. What are you going to give him? I would also give him about a five. I was going to give him a four. Yeah. But the one point that he's getting is because he has been that little moral compass as as uh, much as he gets ignored like he he is someone who talks about like this other 
view of it, mm-hmm. um, which I appreciate because I'm a very justice oriented person sure. and a humanitarian. So whenever I see that characteristic in someone, I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. Like you're at least you got that going. At for least you. you got that, you know. Yeah. And that's um, a strong yeah. thing to have. Yeah. yeah. Like you're an idiot besides that, but yeah. at least you know. You're not like intentionally trying to harm people, right? <laughs> yeah, it was nice to see his his moral compass mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. episode, especially on the heels of "I'm going to leave the doctor be- because he has absolutely no f- regard for human life," mm-hmm. and right. then to go ar- back and kind of almost reiterate the same emphasis was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was really nice. Yeah, I'm gonna give him a four point five. Yeah. And all of that is embodied in that form. In that form. Because everything else was absolutely stupid. You're like, other than that, fuck that. Yeah, like, it, it, it's, it reminds me of one of those things that my mom used to always say to me when I was stupid. Um, and she'd look at me real serious and go, it's a good thing you're cute. Oh, damn. It's like when someone says, bless your heart. Oh, They're yeah. not really blessing your heart. <laughs> so rude. That's what I posted about Katarina today. <laughs> I said, it's so rude. I said, I said, as we say in these parts, bless her heart. Yep. Yep. R.I.P. R.I.P. Body shot in space. Oh, God. Now, we have Dodo. Yeah. Yeah. Had it. This is Dodo's first real episode. Yeah. How did we feel about Dodo? I'm really annoyed with her. <laughs> <laughs> She's crazy. I mean, I, I love the fact that she just doesn't give a fuck. No fucks. And like will say what she what she's thinking. Yeah. You know? So I appreciate that about her. But at the same time, like I like I was saying at the beginning, they make her very childlike, yeah. you know? And if we're thinking, you know, if we're guesstimating that she's about sixteen and mm-hmm. Susan was around that age. They've infantilized Dodo oh, yeah. so much more. And it's not lost on me that her nickname is Dodo. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, I was like, damn, we, we went from a badass <sighs> to Vicky. fucking Dodo. Yeah. You know? So I really, you know, that's all I really have to say about her. <laughs> like, Look, I, I mean, I, it was seriously, you know, why the fuck is Dodo dressed like that? Seriously, what the fuck is up with Dodo's fit? Mm-hmm. The fact that nobody even commented on the fact that she came out in that page, Knight's page, <laughs> medieval times ass bullshit. It took the doctor forever to turn around and be like, what? Where did you <laughs> Can get we that? talk about your outfit? <laughs> <laughs> Where have you been? Where you were in normal clothes five minutes ago. I, I do like that we basically established that Anytime she did something, and especially in those first two episodes, she would do something and Steven or the doctor would go, where the fuck did you get those clothes? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I got them in the closet. I'm not, I don't have to ask permission, do I? <laughs> Are you seriously going to make me ask permission? <laughs> and I did like that because it was just so rude. Mm-hmm. And as we've established, I kind of like fun rude. And that's kind of what she is giving me in her personality. The problem is, is that they're also infantilizing her, which makes her dumb. And I would love this attitude if we were getting it with intelligence. And I don't necessarily mean that she knows what's going on. I mean the fact that she can like observe and put shit together mm-hmm. because she can't, she like barely does that. Mm-hmm. She just mm-hmm. kind of observes. What? <laughs> yeah. At least she's not screaming, but so far, she just really seems to be an observant comment, yeah. which is fun. Yeah. But she is, you know, I, I wrote, I can't keep up with her. She, yeah. ju- she was just all she over was the place. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then she called the monoid savages mm-hmm. during their funeral service, mm-hmm. which, like the funeral, a funeral service is the last place you start judging cultures. Right. Also, it's your fucking fault. Right. That it died of her cold. Yeah. You literally came out here with a runny goddamn nose. Yeah. Coughing on everyone. You brought COVID. Yeah. How dare like? And now you're gonna blame them for their funeral rites. Right. Fuck off. When it died of COVID, like, are you kidding? <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was pretty brutal. Yeah. 
So yeah, I don't really have a lot about her. Same. What do you give her? I'm going to give her a five as well. Um, yeah, I'm you, thinking the same. You know, like I would have, again, I would have said a four, but just because she doesn't give a fuck and is unapologetically her. Yeah. That's what I'm going to give her the five, but I'd like to see a little bit more growth. I would give her more points for doing whatever the fuck she wants, but apparently whatever the fuck she wants means wearing a knight's outfit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not into that doing whatever like there are so many cooler outfits if the doctor's got that in his closet on the TARDIS who knows what other outfits she could have picked mm-hmm. and that's what she picked yeah you know bye <laughs> alright so this brings us to one of our favorite sections yeah who are the bad guys so you you might not like this but I think it's both the humans oh, and the yeah monoids yeah I, have, I agree um, it's like I said, I think we're getting to a part in Doctor Who where it's more like um, life lesson-ish. Political. Yeah, more political. And this was just a very good exercise in showing like when the oppressors become oppressed, you know, and vice versa. Yeah. So it was just very interesting to me to see that flip, you know, and how easily it kind of takes me back to what we were talking about, how... Um, you know, in, in my personal journey and growth, you know, I had to go through a polarization in order to get back to where I am today, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's, yeah, so so all this is to say they're both equally as bad. I agree. Um, yeah. Because it's one of those things where I think the framing is interesting because at no point do we actively see anything from the humans to the monoids that is directly like abusive or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the subservient culture that we see is a big old fucking red flag, mm-hmm. but we don't see them being rude. You mm-hmm. know, they're using sign language for a lot yeah. of their official state. You know, it's very much supposed to, I think, look like a well, uh, adjusted society so that it's more striking mm-hmm. but you know then i also wasn't surprised that they would have rebelled yeah and so because of that and because you know that there can't have been all good humans you right. know there had to have been enough you know apparent because theoretically these monoids showed up mm-hmm. said shit's going down communicated mm-hmm. that somehow helped the humans get the fuck off the planet mm-hmm. and then the humans are treating them like servants mm-hmm. when they clearly have a well, good understanding of science right exactly what we can at least see from the interaction with the doctor is that they have an understanding of, of science which does not come from a, a backwards people you don't have time right. to do science if you're just trying to feed yourself you know right it is very it was very much reminiscent of like when someone doesn't speak English or someone says they're deaf and you just yell at them. Yes. <laughs> a little louder. Yeah. It's like that's not going to help. <laughs> right. It's yeah. Well, it's, it kind of goes back to why it was pissing me off that the doctor was reading Dodo for her broken English, for mm-hmm. her slang. Not, mm-hmm. It's not even broken English mm-hmm. because at this point, you know, for people that interact with other people who do have multiple languages, mm-hmm. Oftentimes, the multiple languages are in some way, shape, or form broken. Mm-hmm. But fuck, you know multiple languages, right? Your like, brain operates in a very different way. Yeah, so of course, some of it, you know, and and the more that you learn about the languages, it's makes more sense where the languages break down. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, as I'm studying and have lived in Asia, the way that uh, languages translate into English makes a lot more sense to me because. Mm. There's just different parts of speech that just don't exist. Right. And so I can see where the monoids would have been treated like they were idiots. Mm -hmm. So I can also understand why they rebelled. Mm -hmm. So I can't be mad at them Mm -hmm. that they rebelled. And I can't be mad at them that they're dumb once they rebelled because this is 700 years down the road and they've been denied probably some basic education. Right. Mm -hmm. But the monoids were pretty bad. Yeah. They were, they, but like, you know, I can't. I felt like they were both on the same, the roles reversed and they did the exact same thing. It's like they forgot everything that happened. They kind of forgot about how they felt when they were oppressed and then just turned back around and did the same thing, which, um, 
you know, the more and more, you know, explore this topic, it's very much like, yeah, yeah, this is at some point it had to implode and it imploded Mm -hmm. and it was Mm -hmm. horrific. Well, a lot of the books that I read compared direct were like, you cannot get around the fact that the monoids are probably supposed to represent black people. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people were like, there are the everyone keyed into the racial overtones which is also fucked right because why would you make them look like white people dreadlocks right no i mean everything about like it's <laughs> it's super this was one of those that for a story that i have you know spoiler warning i'm not probably going to give super duper high like mm-hmm. it's not going to be one of my favorites mm-hmm. as a story but it's it what was the one there was one where it was like oh the um the web planet Mm-hmm. with the spider with mm-hmm. the zarby yeah where the planet the the story is shit mm-hmm. but the academic culture around it is actually really fucking yeah. interesting i yeah. think this could be one of those stories as well definitely uh where there's a lot to talk about here mm-hmm. but i don't know if i like recommend the story yeah because like the baddies because the baddie is ambiguous which makes mm-hmm. it interesting but doesn't necessarily make it a great story because it wasn't done yeah that well because i think the monoids are supposed to be the bad guys Hmm. so the story writers are trying to make the monoids the bad guys instead of trying to talk about the duality of humans and monoids both which is also fucked if they were meant to be represent black people because that's well we don't know that they were meant to represent black people yeah but but if that was like the conversation around it context definitely feels like you can't escape the racial overtones i mean this was also 66 right which in america was our civil rights time right so they're watching all of that happen over here this is all kind of and it doesn't it's not a good look for the bbc honestly Mm -hmm. i don't think no it the COVID aspect, yeah, that was actually really well, yeah. and that was really interesting and really well done. But then when you we get dropped into this race war, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not because the humans looked so. You can tell they made a concerted effort to make the humans sympathetic, mm-hmm. as opposed to the monoids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, this episode for the somewhat educational content, mm. I would recommend it for that. Yeah. Although I don't think this is the episode that really illustrates that. Like if right. I were talking about the need and importance of vaccinations, this is the episode that I'd be like, you yeah. know what? Let's, let's, let's talk about uh, science fiction. Let's watch, let's watch episode two. Of- <laughs> Where they're clearly wearing masks. Yes, yeah. it's showing their lips. Uh, I totally- but was it mesh? No. <laughs> I wrote that down too. I was like, look, they wore masks. Yeah. They fucking did it. But, okay, so we're getting a little bit into story. So what did we... We said they were both the bad guys, but what kind of score do you give the humans and all of our people on our ship, basically? You know, honestly, I think they are a nine in terms of baddie scores mm-hmm. simply for the fact that, one, they fail to recognize the duality in everything. Mm. Two, they literally just reversed roles Mm -hmm. and it's a good exercise in learning just how oppression comes to be sure yeah so this is i felt like this was like a cautionary tale almost so because of that i'm giving them the nine i'm gonna go with an eight Mm -hmm. because they would have been scared imagine if each one of them had had a uh what's her face a maga Oh, fuck that. Like, imagine if one of each team had had somebody that was smart. Oh, yeah. That, to me, that would have bumped them up. Yeah, that's um, true. But they were all dumb. Yeah. And so I'm going to give them an eight. So still good. Yeah. Like, I still really do think it was they were good in terms of that. It's, it, it very gives me the, like, um, Chartres vibes, like, hell is other people. Mm-hmm. Um, existential there is no escape from the evil. Like they're just, it's everybody. Yeah. So I did like that. I did like that a lot. Mm-hmm. It just would have been better if there had been something intentional about it as opposed to. Right. It's kind of just like on the wayside. Yeah. 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 I feel that. I get it. Yeah. So that brings us to story. We kind of <laughs> talked about it a little bit. How did you feel about the story as a whole? 
I mean, again, like it's it was definitely one of the more political ones, yeah. which if you haven't listened to us and this is the first episode, I like to get political. <laughs> I mean, my job no. revolves around politics, uh, but it's it's I, I liked that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Did I appreciate the story? Not necessarily. Yeah. Could more have come out of it? Yes, definitely. Um, it could have been a lot more impactful yeah. i believe um so the story itself i'm gonna give it a five a five yeah i it's again i think we're getting a, into a run of i keep seeing things that have so much potential that it maybe like it's too early for some of these concepts yeah that's what i was thinking too because what you just said think about who was in that room yeah making this these tales and it's the whole concept of now that we're evolving into more diversity and inclusion work mm-hmm. and what that language means mm-hmm. it's more than just okay this person is in the room that doesn't look like me it's about listening to that person right. so this is very much that mm-hmm. you tried but you came up short you you got yeah you you got complacent because you were like oh there's one other person in the room instead of letting them like yeah, Spearhead. it's like when all the businesses and artists posted the black square. Yes. Or posted like BLM signs outside their businesses so they yeah. wouldn't get destroyed. Well, it's the fact, or <laughs> I mean, it's the fact that the second it's February 1st, everybody is like hashtag Black History Month. Yeah. Because we're recording in February, it, we're so inundated with mm-hmm. all of these companies that use black lives to their advantage. Right. And then in February, make sure that everything is, you know, you know, red, yellow, and green, and black fists, mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. oh, don't we love Ida B. Wells, mm-hmm. Harvey? But then still carry the Blue Lives Matter stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you Et click cetera. the next slide, and it's you like, know, you know, incarcerate black men over weed. That's... You know what this reads? This reads white teacher at an inner city school wearing Blue Lives Matter shirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i will i would take out of the baddie scores the one person we included humans and monoids right Mm -hmm. the one individual i'd like to pluck up out of that as a collective Mm -hmm. is there was monoid number four Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. monoid number four (laughs) deserves his own name I'm real pissed that we're establishing the fact that these monoids came the fuck up over here and and we're like, now that we can talk, now that we've decided to take your method of com- communication, mm-hmm. because it must be vastly superior to ours, that they didn't even have names. No. They had names. But you know they had names. Mm-hmm. You know they had to refer to each other. They, can't, they didn't just take your numbers to one. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Anyway. <laughs> Get that off my chest. That was something <laughs> I got real pissed. I got real worked up about what I was watching <laughs> I liked the COVID side of it. Mm-hmm. I actually really liked the COVID side of it. The mm-hmm. um, So these arcs, these kind of stories are really common mm-hmm. in science fiction. I have a, I've played a shit ton of video games where the whole idea is everybody's frozen to travel 700 years. You're the only survivor. Fallout, Mass Effect. Like it's a very common trope. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool to see it this early. Mm-hmm. And I really like the idea that they're miniaturized and put into Petri dishes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really funny. <laughs> uh, that made me laugh a lot. I had to pause it. Because <laughs> the idea that... Because theoretically, that means they're still alive. Right. They're just They're small. just kicking it in a very small... So do they have like small bathrooms? Right. Like do they eat? <laughs> How do these are they, humans last 700 yeah. years? Are they miniature? Do they have like a whole st- like stock of miniaturized bread? Like how do they, what's going Valid question. That that was, yeah, I, I enjoyed hmm, I that. I didn't think about that. but that Because good. humans today, if we were to do that, we'd probably freeze them. That's the common theory now is we'd freeze you mm-hmm. and then unfreeze you when we get there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're so small that they get cold. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I just thought that was... So just a cute little piece of not thought to completion science fiction. Yeah. I like those kinds of but, uh, moments. You know, those small miniature people, they st- they stayed uh, vid-free because they, they socially distanced they did. from everyone else who yeah. was infected. <laughs> oh, so Sandifer, who wrote Tardis Erdutorum, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of the big piece, books that I read for this, mm-hmm. she wrote about this story 
This story is a piece of colonialist, imperialist, and downright mean-spirited crap. Yeah. Yeah. And if they had just cut it at that first story, I think it would have been really good. Or mm-hmm. they could have done this story in this the COVID thing. And then they leave. And then they go have a couple adventures. And then they come back. Mm-hmm. And the TARDIS drops them off. And it's been a couple of adventures. Mm-hmm. And then they come back to the 700 years later. Would have been a better impact. I think it would have had a different kind of impact. Mm-hmm. I liked the impact of like, what the fuck just happened? The false cliffhanger was as good as in the Planet of Giants when the cat, we thought the cat was going to eat everybody. Oh, God. Yeah. Similar type <laughs> of funny almost cliffhanger mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's oh i did write several times i want the monoid statue I, yeah i want one i want one that's about six to seven inches tall and i want it for my desk yeah it yeah. was every time i saw it i was like that's the dumbest looking <laughs> thing i've ever seen and i love it yeah sandifer directly compares the monoids to minstrel culture mm. interesting and which then led me to looking up fucking minstrel culture in Britain, which like if you want <laughs> another a really hole. depressing rabbit hole, like go down that one. But there was a show called The Minstrel Show that was on fucking television when yeah. this show came out. <sighs> it was called like the Black and White Minstrel Show or some shit like that. I'm oh, gonna yeah. take a long sip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look, you want look? It's still up from this rabbit hole a weekly variety show that presented traditional American minstrel and country songs as American. How the fuck is it six out of 10 (laughs) on IMOB? Yeah. Right. Racism. Racism. (laughs) Sing along variety show with blackface performers. And it got a six out of 10. Six out of 10. You know, more than 50% loved it. So that's, that's telling. Jesus. That is very telling. (laughs) And no shit on, you know, on England for this. But, Mm -hmm. you know, this is, we don't know who scored this, but damn, it just shows globally. Fuck. (laughs) And I love that it is a BBC show. And they're like, let's be Americans. What does it mean to be American? Blackface. Right. (laughs) And you know what, BBC? You're not wrong. wrong. (laughs) You know, Americans love stealing black culture, but don't give them credit. That's why it's rated six out of ten. Is because Americans are like, "Oh, you got us! You got it! You understood us! You, yeah, okay, damn. Yeah. All right. So, uh, other than that, what you gonna give the story? A five. Yeah, we're both there. <laughs> Look, I, th- I think it's volumes. You know, we took a little bit longer to get to record it than we thought we were going to. And I legitimately had to go back to my notes to be like, what the fuck did I watch? Right, same. Almost so little memory of the actual details Mm -hmm. of this show. The COVID really stood out. The race war really stood out. Eyeballs and mouths really stood out. And the monoid statues. That's what I got. And it's lucky to get a five because I couldn't even list five things. So all of that's interesting and all of that's fine and dandy, but it doesn't really matter because the only thing in life that matters was this story neat or not? No. No. no, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely not. As we look at the black and white minstrel right, show. As, as no. the minstrel show is staring me in the face. Absolutely not. No, no, not at all. It uh, went from 58 to 78, 20 years. Yeah. And they got a six, oh God, six out of ten. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still hung up on the six out of ten. Yeah. Just no. So that was the arc. Unimpressive. Unimpressive. You know, the fact that they only referenced uh, Noah's arc. I was about to say Jonah's arc. Jonah's <laughs> arc. Jonah's is a different Bible story. It is. Joan of Arc is a different historical character. She is. And Noah's arc <laughs> is different. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the fact that it was only mentioned one time, I was like, oh, interesting. I did I did like that when they were like, you know, the Ark, and everybody was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> so the Bible wasn't in let's, this galaxy? <laughs> let's all just be pleased that we're going to live in a not automatically assumptive like Christian, Christian culture. Christian culture, yeah. That's interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm into that. <sighs> yeah. 
Uh, but that's it for this week. We're next week. We are going to watch the Celestial Toy Maker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds excited. real creepy. That's cheating. You've already seen it. <laughs> I mean, just the Celestial Toy Maker. Yeah. yeah. I don't. It's a different kind of. We we've spent so long doing all of these stories that are you know the Aztecs and you know the French Revolution and all that. The Celestial Toy Maker is kind of time meddlery sounding very much so you know it sounds like maybe we're getting a new character and that's fun that's interesting yeah that's exciting we shall see we shall see For the first time i've watched it before you yeah i mean <laughs> not really i watched it like 10 years ago uh but yeah i don't think i i remember this episode but i'm not not like i could tell you mm-hmm. a plot synopsis at the moment gotcha but i remember it very specifically i remember the costumes mm. dodo and steven's looks mm-hmm. are the looks of dodo and steven in my brain mm. that gotcha that circle thing that she's yeah. wearing to me that is dodo's That's dodo. costume got it yeah uh so i'm excited to to rewatch it yeah it'll be fun guys super fun so, fun. Uh, so for this week That's it. That's it. Bye. Bye. See you in two weeks, guys. Bye-bye. Toodles. Hey, y'all. It's Diana. Thank you so much for listening to the end of the episode. If you want to catch us for another dram, subscribe to get Doctor Who on the Rocks as soon as it's released. And if you think we're neat... Please rate and review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot. You can also check us out at On The Rocks Pod, all underscored, on Instagram. Or if you have comments or concerns or even better, whiskey recommendations, please send them to MediaOnTheRocksPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to us. We look forward to seeing y'all again in two weeks for the next episode and another glass of whiskey. See you next time.